Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Our Liverpool FC podcast, the official podcast of the Liverpool subreddit. I am your host, Joey, otherwise known as Micro Pichetta Online. And that wonderful intro music, as always, comes to you from user Alistair667, his band The Clams. Remember, go check him out on iTunes and a bunch of other things. I got some great stuff out. Anyway, on to the show. First, introduce my guest. I am delighted to have him here, a man I'm sure you're all familiar with, user Oscaroni, I believe. Is that how you pronounce it, Oscaroni? Uh, you can just say Oscar O-N-Y. It's Oscar O-N-Y. When it Ooh. sounds like Oni, it kind of... Because in the context of my last name, it kind of makes no sense, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, anyway, folks, you can hear that soothing voice right there. That is Oscar. Oscar, <laughs> great to have you on the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. Absolutely. Uh, folks, once again, sorry for such a long break in between now and the last podcast. I... Was kind of switching some careers, switching jobs, and got all lost up in, tracked up in that, and, uh, you know, didn't exactly make enough time to do this. But I'm back, back for good. You're stuck with me whether you like it or not. Um, and before we go on, the first thing I wanted to pull out before we get to any of the real business was a, a comment on the on one of the post-match threads from this past match from the second leg of Villarreal. It was from user... Uh, my fan, M-I-F-A-N, and his comment was, I lost my mother this Tuesday, I'm devastated, but this really made me smile for the first time in two days, you'll never walk alone, uh, and I just wanted to give you a shout out, man, I don't know if you're listening or not, or if anybody knows you or anything like that, but I just want you to know, you'll never walk alone, absolutely runs true from this club and from all of us uh, on the sub, we're all here for you, man, whatever you need. You know, you got a great support system around you here, and uh, there was some great support, some great comments on there, so shout out to everybody who uh, gave some support, good stuff. Anyway, breaking it down to the better, uh, the the big part of the show, I should say, the the main chunk. First, before we get to any game actions, I'd like to, seeing as how I took such a long break, finally pull out Justice for the 96, baby. Woo! Yeah. We did it. Over 27 <laughs> years in the making. Finally, Justice has been has been done i know speaking on not only my uh my own behalf but on plastic molds man's on, on chris's behalf as well we'd like to uh, you know give our support to the the friends and families of any of the victims and anybody who's been affected by this horrible tragedy but especially to the family and friends of the 96 you know as i was just saying you'll never walk alone especially runs true with this club and it's been amazing to see the support especially from outside the club from clubs all over the world Great tributes everywhere. Oscar, what was your kind of reaction when you first heard that final verdict? Um, so, yeah, being out here from um, the United States, it was kind of... So I heard it late, I guess. I woke up and then immediately checked my phone, went to the sub, and then just a smile on my face was just... <laughs> it must have been huge. Like, from oh, the moment yeah. I... Yeah, from the moment I became... It's kind of... A running thing like my dad always spoke to me about it and he explained it to me when I was young but I didn't understand when I got older and started to like more like situated with what was going on with Liverpool then it became like way more important to me and I began to like understand it more so just to see finally um showing that justice can 
happen to whoever goes after it and whoever like tries like really hard to make a statement to the government or whoever tries to suppress the truth it, it was a big thing you know absolutely it was it was amazing and and the headlines were great i won't speak of a certain paper but uh, that was unbelievable that there was no mention but i'm not really going to go into too much of that because i would ramble and just get angry for a long time so let's get to something a little better let's talk about the europa league and folks who are listening right now oscar and i before we started recording we're just saying how funny it is that at the beginning of the season, everybody was kind of bashing the Europa League, like, oh, it's just the Europa League, whatever, you know, the league is more important, and now I'm, we are just saying, it's almost like we're forgetting about the league, uh, I mean, uh, Europa League, now everybody's just, yeah, here we go, Europa League, and uh, it's great, it's so exciting, let's break down first that away uh, match, where it's the first leg, we lost 1-0 in, uh, when we were in Spain visiting Oscar, I'm gonna take it to you. Um, kind of, what were your bright spots of the match? Like, what did we what did we do well in that first match? Um, I thought we showed a lot of resilience for basically the whole 89 minutes that we held up. Like, we came with a set plan with the four five one, and then I think it was Lucas who was holding as the defensive midfielder. Yes. He had a fantastic game everywhere, pretty much. And he really allowed um, Milner and Allen to move forward a little bit and like when they move forward they didn't allow the Villarreal players behind to get into the channels so eventually we didn't hold that up for 90 minutes but for the whole game I think it was actually a really good performance and if we were finishing a bit better we would have pulled away with a 2-0 advantage somewhat yeah I mean Speaking of what you're saying there, if Lucas doing a tremendous job, I thought he he was great as well, and it was really great for him to be able to hold there. So that way, with Milner playing in more that central role, which personally I prefer him to be a little wider. I think he's more effective because then he can put in some better yeah. crosses. But it was good in in that respect that Lucas could be able to hold in the middle. So that way, Milner could get a little wider, and then we had yeah. uh, you know Coutinho being able to get a little more central which was great. Um, same thing with yeah. Lolana and uh, that was very, very good. And although we weren't exactly effective on the attack, we didn't produce any goals. Yeah. We looked like we could have multiple times. Uh, there was that chance that Allen had at yes. the start of the game. Oh, I, I was freaking out. I was oh, we jumped! Yeah. I oh, remember man. thinking, like, that chance, that was, like, one that we had to get the early goal, basically, which would change the whole tie completely. Oh, yeah. If much. if he had scored that, I was saying this to my brother, if he had scored it, I was about to impulse buy a Joe <laughs> Allen shirt right off the bat right then. I, I had the website pulled up and everything on the LFC store and was so close to doing it, but I was like, eh, I need to think about my bank account a little bit. So, decided against it, but I'm going to get one eventually. I got to get an Allen jersey. Ugh. I think Joe Allen's the biggest, like, conundrum I've seen with any, like, Liverpool player in the past, like, few years because he's playing in almost, like, such high levels recently. Or, or in 2016, basically, he's been playing at very high level, but there's still such uncertainty over whether he's going to be here. Um, come next season, I what, want. What's him your thought to, on that? Would you do you think he's back? What do you think? Um, truthfully, I don't know. Like to this day, I really don't. What's going on with the situation? If it was up to me, I'd bring him back, and I'd also bring Zelensky in with Grujic 
and, and but I still think that um, Cameron Brannigan's a very good option, and I think he should be. Even though he should probably go out on loan somewhere or be like straight promoted into the first team next season. Our yeah. midfield is getting clogged up because one of Lucas and Allen, if we do bring in Zelensky, one of them will have to go because it will leave Lucas, Grujic, Zelensky, Allen, Chan, Henderson, Brannigan all going for two spots. Yeah. Yeah. Especially so, the way Klopp sits it up most of the time with that kind of 4 2 3 1. Yeah. Uh, oh, and with the way Milner's playing recently, you can't rule him out. Oh, either. no. I mean, he's like 30 years old now, yeah. I think. And the guy, he's playing like he's 25. It's insane. He's running around. But the, the thing about Allen, though, is I think that if we talk to him, I mean, I'd like to talk to him, of course. But if the club were to talk to him yeah. and kind of talk to him about staying on the the squad as a like a super sub almost and coming on at that 60th minute mark like he we've seen him do so many times he's so effective in that role where he can just t- almost take over a game and changes the tempo of a yeah. game whether it's with his pressing or his passing and it's really phenomenal the the way he's matured and be able to to handle that role it's it's huge yeah well the great thing about the Europa League this season is that I think it showed all the players who are at the club that we actually can do things like that we actually have ambitions that we can reach in a way yeah. with Klopp at the helm so I don't think a lot of players will just like Ben Teke I think if you ask them right now I don't think he would say that he wanted to leave just oh, yeah. because for some of these players, they're not going to be at this high of a club in their future. So this is their chance to show that they have what it takes in a way. Yeah, especially of a club. I don't I don't like to call us emerging because we've had so much success for a long yeah, time. Yeah. But I would say just like a recent uh, like reemergence, I guess, of the team of a, a, yeah. revital, a revitalization of, of the squad and of management and of coaching the year in Klopp has just been phenomenal. And I've said it many times and I'm going to continue saying it, but it's, it's truly tremendous that we, we can challenge for big titles with a squad that many lost faith in very early in the season. And Jurgen Klopp comes in, he totally takes over and, and, you know, like I said, revitalizes the club and rejuvenates it really and and gets a spark and a lights a fire underneath these players and and they're ready to go it's amazing yeah that's the thing at the start of the season because before um rogers left i don't know if people on the sub got used to it but i was like more of a rogers like i was a big rogers fan yeah even though it was after probably the Man United game, the one at Old Trafford, where I was like, okay, he, it's come, it's starting to be like time for him. But I never thought the squad was as bad as people like our fans like making it out to be. I always thought that there was good quality in there, and we always had like players that could take it to the next level. It was just having them feel comfortable to do it. Because a lot of the time, with the uncertainty around Rogers' job, we never saw the best of Firmino. No. Um, we never really Benteke saw or... Allen in this kind of attacking position and how comfortable he's looked yeah. ever since Bob came in. Especially with bringing up uh, the picking up the press, especially Allen is so effective on that. And yeah. 
because he provides so much energy and is just always his positional uh, ability is great. He's always in the right spot on the press, which is phenomenal. Luana also is someone that's changed so much in the sense that I remember um, in December when we played against Watford, I was in this bar like in Los Angeles, and every time he would get the ball, every time he would get the ball, there would just be people like just growling like, oh, he's not going to do anything or something like that. And it's just been great to watch the change in perception towards him. Whereas before, people would see him as someone who uh, slowed us down and just someone who was like average, basically. But now people see why he slows us down because he makes us more of like a possession-oriented team in that aspect. He had a great quote today about it, which if I'll find it, I could read it back. Hold on. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, but to kind of continue on a little bit um, with Lalana, the guy under Jurgen Klopp is another one of those players, like we're saying, that has really come alive. And, um, I mean, I think he probably has the best first touch on the team, the way that he can yeah. take any ball. He can take, you know, a 40-yard uh, you know, cross and one touch it and it's dead at his feet. It's insane. But yeah. the, the guy's got the well, softest feet somehow, and I it really baffles me. But do you remember that lot. game earlier this season against West Ham? Yeah, at Upton Park, the one in the league where we lost two 0 Sure. And I remember the first half of that game. I was so mad because everyone had like a first touch of like. Just everyone's first touch was just terrible. I remember the ball was just bouncing off of Firmino, Coutinho, and Benteke's feet. And then I remember Lalana came into the game later. Then he finally, I was just like, finally, there's someone in the game now who knows how to keep the ball in the final third. And we just started playing like, even though we still didn't score, yeah. we started playing way better when he came on. And I think it's just little things like that which people won't realize about him or yeah. just fail to. He's got a lot to offer still. I mean, he's only 28 still. I think he's 28 off the top of my head. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, he's got plenty of the offer. Um, but keeping going with that first leg of the Villarreal match, I mean, who were your kind of uh, best players of the match? Who really who really uh, shown out to you? If you had to give me like a, a top couple. I thought Colo was very good. Yes. Even though on the last on the goal, I thought he did. The only thing I would say he wasn't good at was holding the line. Because, um, what's his name? Uh, Lovren. Lovren went, he was staying forward. And then Colo dropped off when he saw uh, Suarez running in behind. Yeah. And if he had held the line there, it would have been perfect. Because I think him, unlike Sako, Moreno is out of position a lot. Yeah, I think because he gets very far but forward. I think Sako knows how to deal with it way better than any other center back probably does because there'll be a just make tackles on his own that yeah. other like players just wouldn't be making. So I think in that aspect, Sako probably would have held the line there. So that was the only problem with him. But he made a lot of good challenges, like in the first half especially. I think that one on Soldado near the touchline was a good yeah, one. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was very good. 
Um, I guess my best players in the match that I kind of pulled out, I thought that our midfield was great. I thought Alan Milner and Lucas were my three yeah. kind of big stars of the night. Just the way that they all played together, I thought was really good. Um, but I think the guys that really struggled, in my opinion, in that match were Coutinho, Moreno, and Firmino. Would you agree with that? Or um, it, I can't really thing on Coutinho for this one because he it was said that he was in uh, ill, right? Yeah, he came out. So my underperformers would probably be um probably be. Firmino, Lalana, and Moreno. Okay, I'd agree with well, that. Firmino and Lalana, I wouldn't say that they were as bad as people on the sub were making out, but I think that they were just, they didn't do what they did yesterday. You get me? Like, they oh, weren't no, as dynamic and uh, free flowing as they were in the game yesterday. And I think it's just how they play away from Anfield compared to how they play at Anfield kind of thing. Yeah, they're definitely uh, pumped up by the crowd a ton. Um, but then after that match, kind of what were your what were your feelings after going down 1-0 in the first leg? Were you kind of uh, a little nervous for the second leg? Or what, what were your thoughts kind of going into it? My immediate feeling after the goal went in was more of... Um, I was kind of, it was the first time, I think, in a long time where I've been, like, genuinely mad at Klopp, because we haven't spoken about it, but um, Surridge didn't come into the game. Yep. This was a huge talking point, I think, everywhere, basically, because when you have someone of his quality and you fare on the bench for the whole 90 minutes and you fail to score, there's always going to be signs, like, pointing to him, and... It was even a more baffling decision when he decided to put Benteke on, even though now we know why he did. But at the time, I, I think I was just mad, of course, because I was just thinking to myself, we there was this time within like the 55th to the 75th minute around where we were actually putting pressure on Villarreal and we were controlling possession in their half. So just the rational, like, the rational thing in my head was just if we had put Sturridge on, then maybe we could have gotten a goal or maybe at least we would be more threatening and create yeah. more space in that aspect. Yeah, it's, it, it, to me, it, it was like we were missing a real focal point of attack and yeah. it was begging for Sturridge to to come on and, and do something creative uh, up front and yeah. give us a little spark. But Every time Firmino, I remember, because Firmino, he did very well, I forgot to mention, in dragging their defense out of position like he would run the channels very well yeah but whenever he would get the ball this is what i got mad at lalana for whenever he would get the ball there was no one making a run into the box to be where he to take up the position where he previously was basically yeah. which or, is where like Sturridge will uh like make those kind of same runs that you're yeah. talking about of, of working the channels like Firmino's doing, but when Firmino's in, then he fills in, which is perfect. Yeah, that's how he gets so many goals because his position is just so perfect up on the up on that uh, attack. And I was more of a person who he stayed wide, and Lalana would drift to the top of the box, and you can't. Allen and Milner aren't really imposing players in the box, so it was yeah. it was more of just frustrating to see us get the ball wide and then have no one in the box to pass it to at that moment so yeah that was probably my most frustrating point of it agreed 
All right, let's move on, though, to more exciting. The home leg win 3-0 over Villarreal. We're going to the final. I mean, that game was tremendous from start to finish. I mean, before you have the just for the 96 mosaics and tributes, they were all beautiful and, and tremendous. I thought they did an awesome job with that. Yeah. And then, you know, we had uh, the goals starting earlier, that own goal from Bruno in the sixth minute, and then Sturridge gets that one in the 63rd and Lallana really sealed it home in the 81st. And I'll take it from now to uh, a comment on the post-match thread from user uh, Erky from Turkey. Good username. Uh, he said, that goal uh, Sturridge scored was incredible. Not the actual goal, but how, uh, but how it showed how much that goal meant to him. I think he put all the doubters uh, of his love and commitment to the club to bed after tonight. Now, I'll take it to you, Oscar. How big uh is this goal for storage like mentally basically for like confidence um, and for going forward it's huge to put it honestly because i think one thing we fail to realize now is Sturridge is that type of player that he wants to be like he said he i think there was an article earlier where he said he wants to be a part of liverpool's history mm-hmm. in that aspect and scoring in a european semi-final is a great way to put it down to, I don't know how Sturridge has been here for this long and still doesn't have a song for him or <laughs> something like that. But yeah, right? yeah, Sturridge is the type of person who I think takes these things type of per- kind of personally. I think he sees the criticism in the media and he sees uh, the fact that Klopp, for whatever reason, isn't picking him. So that will be huge just to show that he's... I don't know the word for it, but just to show that he's in a right moment in a way, because yeah. this is the most fit I've seen him probably since he's been here. I don't yeah. think he's... he played another full ninety. That's like back to back games from playing full uh, ninety minutes. I mean, that's huge for his fitness going down the road. Yeah, he's been fit since I think like mid February, right? Yeah, and that's that's a long time. For him. So I think starting to see Serge come into his own a bit, and he's. Keeping, I think he has 12 goals and 23 appearances. He's Something about like to be our leading scorer, and he's for three fourths of the season. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's me. insane. Yeah. Um, you know, for him, I think it's not only that he wants to be a part of Liverpool history, but I think also he wants to be one of the best strikers in the world. Period. Yeah. And he's got the quality and the natural ability to do it. And for him, I think it's just a matter of of staying fit. And keeping that confidence with him as well to know that he can go out there and change games and be the difference maker and really be the one that, you know, the opposition really has to plan for, which is huge to have a guy like that on your team. Because honestly, him being fit has changed the whole season for us. Before before he was fit, there was like a sense of, that was when we were losing, we had lost to Manchester United at home, uh, the draw with Arsenal, and then the loss to Leicester. It was a pretty like roller coaster of a time for us. And then he comes back. Then what was his first game? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. But I remember he was back for the Augsburg ties. And then it was just, even though we only beat them 1 0, the second leg of that Augsburg game is still, in my opinion, one of our best performances of the season. If you see how many chances we created and our finishing was just awful that day but the way our like almost the telepathic nature between Sturridge, Coutinho and Firmino it's it's really great to watch and he just makes 
the fans enjoy watching us again, oh, yeah. I think. It's so enjoyable to watch him. I mean, the guy is spectacular. And I think another big uh, part of the squad then from that match as well was the return of Emery Chan. He came back into the squad, and he looked really, <laughs> really good. I mean, even from – there was a post from Usuria Beauty uh, – and he linked to a graphic they even showed Chan was first for Liverpool in total passing, total dribbling, total tackles, and interceptions all from that night. And coming back from an injury and coming into such a huge match like that after coming in cold for not playing for a while, I mean, whoa. It's not even coming back from an injury. Coming back from an injury in half the time you're meant to... He wasn't meant to be back this season at no, all. And it was insane. And that's even where uh, another link that... Um, User, this is great, uh, X-Ray Pissed uh, linked to an Empire of the Cop article that detailed of Chan training eight hours a day for the past three weeks just to be fit for that match. That's I mean, if, if that's not dedication to a club, yeah. I don't know what is. That's insane. It was amazing. I don't think there's anyone now that can doubt. But another thing that's changed this season is... No one can doubt now whether the players are giving their all. I think every player that set foot on the pitch, there's doubts about some players, of course, like Benteke, but that's a debate for another day. Yeah. But every player on the pitch, you can tell that they want to win the like the Europa League, and you can tell they want to play for the shirt. And Coutinho's, he looks more motivated than I've ever seen him right yeah. now. Same as Lalana, who's giving. A in every match, yeah, like we've come to expect that from him now. And I think a big part of that then is kind of how we we're talking earlier about some of these uh, great transfer links that we have of these guys realizing that with Klopp here now and the type of caliber of talent that he's prepared to bring in and not just prepared to but can he has the ability to, to attract the best players in the world that these guys are fighting for a spot in this team and fighting to be at this club, which is amazing. I, I love to see a good competition within the team to really yeah. just add fire to it. And it just makes it so much more enjoyable because, like you said, everybody goes out there and they're giving their all for the full 90. Yeah, awesome. there was a quote uh, Lalana had from the start of the season when they asked him about um, Firmino signing. And then they were saying, how does it affect his place in the team? And he was ba he basically said... Um, no player should be assured of their spot, basically, that this is the way it should be. That every player should feel, basically, like if they don't play their hardest, or if they don't play to their full capacity, that they're going to be dropped. And yeah, that there's somebody I think waiting Klopp, to take especially their spot. When, yeah, especially when Klopp first came in. I remember when a player, he would try out a player at a certain position, but once they have a bad game or once they show like a drop in form, he would be benched, basically. So I think it showed everybody that they have to stay in form. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. It was great. And then even in the match then, what was huge for us, I thought, was that red card on uh, Victor uh, Ruiz Torre uh, in the 71st minute. How much did that really change the game, did you think, when that when we got that red or when they got that red card, rather? I remember saying exactly at that moment to just play it exactly how we did against Everton, I think. It was more of like, there was just a comfortable nature around the way we played. Like, we almost knew we were going to go through at that point. And yeah. I think everyone in the stadium could feel, or everyone in the ground could feel that. So, 
It helped us create way more space, like you saw for the third goal when Firmino basically had an open run at Musakio and got into the box, and then it just makes the whole team dis- disorganized in that aspect. Yeah, it just makes them turn their head everywhere, and they don't they don't quite know where it's coming from next, which is great. Um, now, for you, I mean, normally, I guess I should say this, normally, you know, when we get to this part of talking about the match, we get to, you know, who played well and who didn't. But everyone was good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, I guess I'd say that Chan, Firmino, Sturridge, Lovren, and Milner stood out the most, but nobody looked bad. Um, I think the only person... there was It wasn't even that he looked bad, because I think he was great the whole game, but Moreno, he could have given away that penalty yeah. in the I think it was yeah, around the 75th minute but I was actually wondering why that penalty wasn't given almost because in Spain I think that's why the Villarreal players were so confused about it because in Spain that's a penalty 100% so yeah. I think our we're he just has some of these brain dead moments like at Norwich, you remember before we came back when he gave away that penalty yeah. when he almost like hopped on Naismith's back. Yeah. It's just some <laughs> decisions he makes where it's you just fail to understand what's going through his head. But yeah, it was great that we came out of it. Yeah, um, we, we got lucky with that one. Yeah, Klein was great. Yes, he was very good. He made some very good tackles. He was also very good in helping keep possession uh, up forward. The way that he was linking up with like Milner and Sturridge was very good, I thought. Yeah, I think people aren't noticing, but he's gotten so much better attacking-wise than he was at the start of the season. At the start of the season, he was almost like a black hole, kind of. like Whenever he got the ball on the right, it would either be backwards to Henderson. I mean backwards to like one of the center backs or sideways to Lallana or something like that but yeah. now he's creating space for players by just running at the opposition and dribbling well and stuff like that yeah well I mean that's kind of almost how he was before uh before yeah. he came to the club when he was with Southampton but uh, he looked back then I think he was more of defense first which he still is he's still a defensive player first but now he's starting to realize just how much he can offer us going forward which is great to see and now I mean all we can look forward to is just May 18th Basel here we come I mean oh I guess looking forward to that match uh we've got Sevilla which is dangerous as they've won the Europa League two years in a row now now, tell me, like, what what do we know about Sevilla, uh, Oscar? What what can you tell me about them? Uh-huh. Do you know much? Sevilla are they're pretty. They're similar to how we've been this season, but in one aspect about Sevilla is that they are terrible away from home. They've, I think, they haven't the, won a game uh, away this year. They've only drawn and lost away. Yeah, so it all depends for us on which Sevilla shows up because they have great individual players in. Krachowiak and Gamero, who's been on fire lately. He's been amazing. Yeah, also, uh, Tremolinas is out, but um, Koke might play. Who else do they have? Um, Banega's really good. So, yep. yeah, they have the quality to win the competition, but we do also. So it'll be interesting to see how we match up with them because we face good teams before, but I don't think we face teams. Sevilla are more of a 
physical, I'd say, type of Spanish team. So it'll be interesting to see how we match up with them. Yeah, I mean, given the players we have right now, and I know that there are some headlines coming out now saying that Henderson and uh, Origi both believe that they will be healthy for that final. But let's, for you know, the sake of discussion and uh, the podcast, uh, let's count them out and... I want to ask you, what right now with the guys we have, what do you think our best lineup is tactically to win that match? Um, I'd go with exactly the same lineup we put out yesterday. Yeah. Honestly. It'd be hard not to, I think. If Origi's fit for the final, I'd put him on the bench. But honestly, if Henderson's fit, I would not start him either way. I just... Seeing how he was, I'm a very big Henderson fan, don't get me wrong. But seeing how he was when he came back from injury, it looked like it took him almost a month just to get back into the Henderson we saw. And that was the game against Tottenham at Anfield when he finally looked like the Henderson we all knew, basically. Oh, yeah. As the best midfielder of the England (laughs) national team. Yeah. So... I'd probably start Milner, but it all depends because against Dortmund, they easily um, got through our midfield when Milner was going up too high and it left Chen a bit isolated. So if Milner plays or almost lets the attacking players in front of him play to their abilities, I think I'd start with that midfield. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I think if you know we get similar to exactly how he just played and and having Chan back to hold a little more so that way Milner can drift out wide a little bit and play some of those crosses like he's been doing which have been great I just hope he can actually you know find someone on a corner for once that would be you know make my year if we could actually do something from a corner his corners was it him who was taking corners yesterday I thought they were actually good yesterday I remember remarking for the first time on like this season pretty much i was like he got it past the first man so oh yeah i mean that's great and all but the fact is that we had over 10 corners that (laughs) night yeah i mean if we want to be one of the top teams in the world you look at any of the other top teams i think their conversion rate on those would be significantly higher than us but another thing to note also is that one thing I don't like about our players is that they don't attack crosses into the box sometimes. Like, even for Colo's goal against uh, Aston Villa, it was just him standing there and literally just heading into the back of the net. They wait for it as opposed to going out and getting it. Yeah. So, I remember the dire goal against uh, Germany, the one that Henderson swung in, and people were saying, oh, why can't he do that for us? You see the difference from it. Dyer's standing behind the penalty spot almost, but he sprints to the near post and then meets that header there. I haven't. I can't tell the last time when I've seen one of our players do that and get a header on target. So that's another thing to consider, I guess. Yeah, tremendous. Um, anyway, let's uh, go to previewing, I guess, the rest of the week. We've got... Just the match this weekend, Sunday, two days from now, less than two days now, I guess. Uh, we've got the match uh, versus Watford at Anfield, Sunday the 8th. And I guess kind of as we were saying before, I'm going to ask you now, what do we do with the rest of our Premier League season now that we are in the final of the Europa League, which is huge? And just to kind of preface this a little bit, we're five points 
off the scum in f- who are in fifth, and we're nine points off uh, off of City who are in fourth, but we also have a game at hand. Now, is jumping to fourth or fifth kind of realistic with having just three games left or three matches left in the season? Um, and that the scum, by the way, still have to face Norwich, West Ham, and Burnmouth. Burnmouth, which really not that hard except for West Ham, but well, uh, for United right now, every match is hard. So. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, the scum. I don't know what they're gonna do after this season, but City also have Arsenal and Swansea left. Now, what um, what do you think we do with what's left? I think top four is pretty much out of the question. I don't think even if I we tried, I just think winning the Europa League's way, just going by the statistics, is a way safer bet than trying to go for it in the league. What I do is I use this opportunity to let the fans because basically. I don't know what the rules are, but since we've gotten to the Europa League final, are we not in the Europa League for next season automatically, or is that not a thing? No. Um, we can be in it still. Uh, the So, because we're in the Europa League final, it means nothing yet in terms of our European status for next season. The only thing that can change is if we win it, then we are in the Champions League yeah. for next year, but otherwise the only way that we can get into Europa League is through the league. So what I'd go for is basically I'd still keep make the Premier League important, but I'd, play, I'd use this opportunity to play the kids, honestly, and I'd let the fans basically see the... We have an exciting group of young players coming through. Chiravella, a lot of people were getting on him last week for his performance, but I honestly think that we need to show a lot of patience because you're asking 18-year-old players and 19-year-old players to come in and play amazingly for us in their first ever games, and a lot of times that's just not going to happen. I think we should use this time to let the young players get used to playing under the pressure of Anfield and like almost getting used to being held accountable for results in that aspect. And if we can lock down 7th or even make a run for I think, how many points are we behind um, West Ham? Behind West Ham? They, we are 4 points behind them, I believe. Yeah, so if we can somehow make it above West Ham, then I'd call this a pretty good season in my eyes. So yeah, I just played the um, young players and the fringe players. Like this weekend, I'd probably hold on. I'd probably um, start my lineup. It would be pretty erratic, but um, I'd put Lucas at defensive mid. I put um, Allen and Brannigan as our central midfielders, and then put Benteke up front with Ivan Ojo on the wings. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that'd be too bad. I think Brannigan might struggle a little bit in that more central role. I think he needs to play a little bit farther forward with his skills. I think he's more suited, almost as a 10, but not really, um, but playing a little more forward. um, I think he'd be the perfect person for if it was to happen. I think he's better in that Allen number 10 role. 
like yeah where he's not really uh number 10 but he's like he also transitioned between central midfield and yeah the number 10 position he's not and, really a holding midfielder yeah. and he's not really an attacking uh like number 10 but he's kind of in between yeah and for a formation like that where it would be basically a 4-3-3 you would need someone to go into that central position so maybe we could see something like i don't expect Klopp to start brannigan or like even he'll probably make around 30 minutes or something like that yeah that's seeing because his club seems to prefer chiravella yeah uh, and even uh stewart as well yeah oh yeah i totally forgot about stewart yeah i feel like he could actually make a make a start yeah i'm sure he'll start but he's been in a pretty uh not bad form but i'd say pretty average form over the past um two matches it was i think it was the match against swansea he was definitely pretty bad and against what was the game before that what newcastle oh yeah newcastle where him and it's not that he was bad it's just that i think he's in that what you were talking about with klein earlier where they just seem almost like they're nervous like yeah they don't want to like make any mistakes kind of thing so he passes it back and sideways more often than not and the fans are starting to get on him about that it was a major um complaint of when henderson first came also i remember yeah absolutely um but uh what was the one other thing i wanted to say i forget (laughs) oh boy been a long day um but I think, oh, that's what I was going to say. That I think that we will probably see uh, a much younger lineup for Watford, kind of like you're saying, of kind of mixing it up a lot more and throwing in a Benteke and throwing in Ojo and I been there as well. And hopefully either Brannigan or Stewart or Chiravella get at least one of them in as well. But because yeah. then I, after that, then later that week, then we have Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, at Anfield. And I think we're going to go balls to the walls for that one and, and go all out and then ease up on the West Brom match. On the West 50- Brom, I think it was Hugh Hogg who made a comment saying basically you don't want uh, West Brom players kicking the shit out of you guys yeah. uh, three days before a game. So, exactly. Yeah, I'd just play the U18s for that probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, like. let the kids play in that one and let the let the big boys take a seat. Maybe let Benteke play that as well. And, you know, but also, just... the problem is that we have to – what Klopp has to do is manage confidence also going into the final because we can't just show up to the – Swansea had the potential to be another – Stoke-like result from last season where we got thrashed Swan, so, and that never does, or that never bodes well for confidence. No. Yeah. So, we have to make sure that we have, or Klopp has to make sure he manages both the confidence, expectations, and injuries well going into the final so that'll be interesting to watch as it yeah. goes on i mean a lot of a lot of tactical things going on there and it's gonna be fun fun to watch yeah. it just gets me excited for the end of the season now that we have 
the final and of the Europa League and uh, still have to play Chelsea, which is always exciting. Uh, yeah. Especially now that they're shit. Um, Can't wait for that game. Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, Oscar, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. It's great to have you. No problem. Yeah, I mean, it's always great reading your post-match day threads and always insightful comments and everything you do. So great to have somebody like you on the pod, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I've been listening to pretty much every episode, and it's been very well run so far. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. It's always good to have some regular listeners, which is nice. Anyway, uh, everybody, that kind of concludes the show. Uh, once again, I'm going to be back on more regularly now, coming on every week at least for the rest of the season, maybe doing two in some of these weeks just to kind of cover one match at a time and, and get some uh, better quality content out there. But anyway, uh, this has been the Our Liverpool FC podcast. Once again, you can reach us on our subreddit, uh, reddit.com slash r slash our Liverpool FC, or you can email at us at our Liverpool FC at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook as well. Like us on Facebook, whatever it is. And uh, once again, Uh, I'm your host, Joey, and we will be seeing you guys next time.